Ephesians chapter 4, 25 to 32. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, up the way to 32. I want to ask Brother Terence to keep your eye on verse 26. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Elvis to keep your eye on verse 31, and in time will come, I'll ask you to read. The Bible says, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down upon your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who steals steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his own hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who is in need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good of necessary edification, that he might impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you, with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. May you take your seats. The way you say this, like you're grumbling. Right, 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 right. Say, say, above principalities and powers. Hallelujah. The Bible says, we believe, therefore we speak. The way you utter something shows how, what you believe in that thing. This is not a memory verse. And you are saying what you believe. You are sitting above principalities and power. Once again, I want to appreciate you this morning for coming out this morning on this uh, healing and deliverance service. Like I used to say, there are many other places you could have been, but you chose to be here this morning. And I pray that God richly bless you and may you not go back the way you came. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be talking to you this morning on the team, dealing with temporal madness. Dealing with temporal madness. Now, this team makes some people think like, what is pastor talking about madness? Who is mad in this church? Am I mad? At the end of this message, you're going to know if you are mad or you are fine. Amen. Because we are going to have some psychiatric attention this morning from by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Dealing with temporal madness. There was a man in a town where I grew up in Tico in Cameroon where he would be mad at a certain time of the day. This man was known because at a certain hour of the day, he removed all his clothes and walked down the streets naked. Then after a certain hour, he put back all his clothes and he asked completely normal. He had temporal madness. Now, this seems to be extreme, but as we go deep into this message, you are going to understand what that means by temporal madness. Now, in Africa, if somebody offends me, I'm going to say I am very angry. But Americans have a different way of saying it. How do Americans say it? How do Americans say it? I am mad. <laughs> I am mad. So do you get what I'm coming from this morning? So we're talking about temporal madness. Now, one of my friends who live in Virginia Beach, when he got married to his wife, and anytime they had a misunderstanding, the wife would ask him, are you mad? As an African, he interpreted that the wife is saying he's crazy. And he got more offended, but he did, not, he did not understand that the wife was actually asking, are you angry? Are you offended? Because Americans say, are you mad? To mean, are you angry? And so this morning, as we talk about temporal madness, I want you to understand that there is nothing you do when you are angry or when you are mad that is right. There is no decision you can ever take 
When you are angry, that will be right. Many people have made decisions while they are angry and they regret after. You went to work one morning and your boss offended you. You decided to go look for another job. Now you wish you were in your former job. Any decision you take out of anger can never lead to anything good. Many marriages have been broken because of anger. Many relationships have been damaged because of anger. Families are in crisis because of anger. They are brothers and sisters that cannot see eye to eye because of anger. Like I said this morning, there is nothing you can ever do when you are angry that will be right. No decision you take when you are angry that will be right. Now, when I say temporal madness, there are some things that people do that if it is not madness, nobody will do such a thing. For example, somebody is angry and they refuse to eat. Who are you feeding? If you are not mad, you stab yourself. Because you're angry at somebody. One of my aunts and uncles, and one of my uncles was married, they're all, of, they're all late. And she told the story how anytime she had a misunderstanding with the husband, the man's best way to torment her was that I'm not eating today. So she put the food on the table and said, Darling, your food is ready, so I'm not eating. And the woman be so troubled because, according to her, taking time the whole day to prepare this food for this man, and then the man shows up in the evening and says, I'm not eating. It was a pain to her. But she realized that this man was using this eating matter to torment her. So one day when the man came back and said, and she said, this is your food, darling. And the man said, I am not eating. She went and sat at that table and brushed the food, took the place and kept in the sink. Came and sat beside the watching TV. From that day, that man stopped that nonsense of refusing to eat. Now, if it's not temporal madness, you are offended at something, and then you refuse to, you starve yourself because you're angry. Temporal madness. Like, people who will refuse, you know, like I said, to eat, or refuse to go to work. That's your paycheck, but because you're angry. A misunderstanding between you and your boss, or you say, I'm not working again. Who are they paying? If you're not mad. You're just denying yourself money because you're offended at something. There are a lot of things that people do when they're angry that you can interpret clearly to see that this is madness. Somebody is angry, or maybe like I see this every time, especially in this country. Somebody is in North Carolina and has said something on Facebook concerning somebody in Virginia. The person got, get into their car and drive all the way to North Carolina to go and query. Just to go and query and say, I gave him a piece of my mind and then come back. Are you not mad? You drove all the way to North Carolina just to go and give the person a piece of your mind. Temporal madness. But today, anyone who is under temporal madness, today is your day of deliverance. In the name of Jesus. I say today is your day of deliverance. Now for those of you who have your Bibles, for most Bibles they have this thing I defined last time as pericope, where there are small passages with small headings in the Bible. If you have your Bible, what does your heading say? On top of that verse 25, what does it say? There's a small heading, if you have a Bible, on verse 25. What does it say? Do not grieve the spirit. Living as children of life. Now, all these things are going to give you what you're going to read under. And most Bibles say, do not grieve the spirit. What does that mean? Everything that is listed from verse 25 all the way to 32 are things that grieve the Holy Spirit. It means that anytime you are mad, like Americans say, anytime you are angry, you are grieving the Holy Spirit. You are making the Holy Spirit sad. 
The Holy Spirit is not happy. And let me know, anytime the Holy Spirit is not happy, the devil is happy. So anytime you are mad, you are throwing the devil a party. The devil is actually celebrating anytime you are angry. Somebody said, being angry for one minute is losing 60 seconds of joy. You just give, you just give the devil pleasure for one minute. And you grieve the Holy Spirit for one minute. But this morning, as we look into this text deeper, in verse 25, the Bible says, speak the truth with one another. The rate at which even some believers lie is alarming. Somebody said, some people lie to the point that when they say good morning, you have to look at your watch before you respond. It is actually morning. People lie. I mean, people just form stories to lie. Like somebody said, why are we not in church? Just say, well, I was tired. I was kind of um, sleepy that morning. That's why I didn't come. Well, pastor, you see, they make up a lie on the spot. Just, I don't know why they lie. And then we lie sometimes even in church. Like, for example, we sing, blessed be the name of the Lord. So we lift up holy hands. Yeah, we are singing, so we lift up holy hands. But every hand in the church is down. How are you singing to the Lord saying, so we lift up holy hands? In the minute of worship, but nobody is lifting up holy hands. So we just lie to the Holy Spirit even in his presence. We are telling, so we lift up holy hands in one accord, singing. But all hands are down. <laughs> so we just lie. We just find pleasure to lie. Now, the Bible says we should speak the truth to one another and stop lying. There's a story about a guy in Maryland from Cameroon who actually saw a lady in Cameroon that he liked. And uh, what he did is that he was working in the hospital. He decided to go wear some uniform like a doctor, put some stethoscope on his ears, took some pictures and sent to the lady and said, I'm a doctor and I'd like to marry you. And then the lady, oh, being a doctor in the United States, who? Secure future. So yes, they got married, went to Cameroon, did, did traditional wedding, you know, did some serious overtime here, gathered some money. When they did the traditional wedding and the lady came over here, the man continued to keep the lie. Now, if, now that you are married, you could say, well, lady, I really like you so much, but I had to lie to get you, but this is what I actually do for a living. The man continued to maintain that lie. So one day they had this, what we call in, 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 in local dialect, Jangi, where the people contribute money and give to one another. And the man could not attend because he was at war. So he sent the wife to go represent him. So the wife went there, and the friend of the husband said, where is your husband? And the lady said, my husband said, he had an emergency surgery to conduct before he comes back home, and the patient was, it was an emergency. And the man was like, what surgery is your husband doing? He said, I work with your husband in the same place. We all do home health aid. We wash white people. That's what the man said. That marriage is dissolved today because he was based on a lie. Some people just lie. They lie in pleasure. They lie with anointing. They lie with the grace of God. Lie with that stress. Bible says, do not lie to one another. Number two, in verse 26, say, be angry and do not sin. Now, it seems like God is giving us permission in this place to be angry. To be angry. Now, anger is an emotion, like every other emotion. So, God is saying to us, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry. Because, why is God saying it's okay to be angry? Because most people lie when they're angry. Especially in relationships. Maybe your husband has offended your wife. Or Are you angry? No, I'm not angry. No, I'm okay. The way to know you're angry, let something come up two days after. You say, this is how on Monday. 
you, you, you. If you're not angry, why are you coming up again with that same tone and that same attitude? It's because many of us feel like if we say I'm angry, it's bad. God says it's okay to be angry. Hallelujah. Tell anybody it's okay to be angry. <laughs> but don't be mad. <laughs> it's okay to be angry, but don't be mad. <laughs> I'm going to explain the difference later. Okay. Amen. It's okay to be angry. Like, for example, many people lie in their relationship. Are you angry? No. If I ask you today, why, why did you not call your mother for Mother's Day? Are you angry at my mother? No, I'm not angry. There is something underlining that is making you angry. Even though you're not expressing it out, there is something that you're refusing to acknowledge. You're angry. Why did you not say uh, Happy Father's Day to your father? Are you angry at your father? No, I'm not angry. You know, we just keep our distances. You know, we're not like that in each other's life. But you're angry. You don't want to admit you're angry. Why don't you say good morning to your boss every morning? Well, he's the kind of guy I don't really like to deal with him. He stays in his space and I stays in my space. You are lying. You are angry. That is why you don't go to his office to say good morning. God says it's okay to be angry. Why is it that your child went away and you've never bothered to check on your child? Are you angry now? I'm just fine. I just let the girl have her space. No. Admit that you're angry. Amen. It's okay to be angry. What about the man that abused you when you were growing up? Are you angry? No, I forgive the man. He moved on. We don't really have nothing to do in common. Are you angry? No. And me, God says it's okay to be angry. Hallelujah. It's an emotion that you need to express. But that same verse, it says, do not let the sun go down upon your anger. There is a duration that God gives to us for being angry. And that's what I said. When that duration has passed, it's no longer anger, it's not madness. Because anger is an emotion. But if you carry that emotion for too long, it's no longer you just being emotionally offended by something, you are not mad. That's what I call temporal madness. Now, how long have you been mad at somebody? Some of you have been mad at some people for years. Mad at your husband for years. Mad at a friend for years. Mad at somebody who has moved on and joined their lives and you are still mad for years. God says, do not let the sun go down upon your anger. So anytime you are offended, when the Bible says, do not let the sun go down upon your anger, from sunset, to sun, from sunrise to sunset is normally 12 hours maximum. So God is saying, 12 hours should not pass when you are still angry. But imagine some of us have been angry for months, angry for years, even angry for a lifetime. There are some of you, if I mention some name of some people in your life, I don't want to hear that name. I don't ever want to hear that name in this house. And after you just continue to worship the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. You've been angry for a very long time. But God is bringing that anger to an end today. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. It says, nor give place to the devil in verse 27. What does that mean? Anytime you are angry, you just open your Wi-Fi to the devil to connect. Let me say it again. Anytime you are angry, you just open your Wi-Fi to the devil to connect with no password. You are saying, devil, there is an open Wi-Fi in this apartment. You can connect and hack into anything you want to hack into this house. Like I said in the beginning, how many marriages have been destroyed because of anger? How many families have been damaged because of anger? Because the moment you are angry, you have created a network for the devil to operate. Now the devil can step in and start controlling your decisions, controlling your emotions and everything. Now when the Bible says, do not, do, do not give place to the devil, let me put a practical instance which the Bible even says. For, for example, in the case of 
marriage. The Bible says, do not withhold yourselves from one another, except in the case where you're fasting. Now, imagine a man and a woman where they have a conflict, and a man say, don't touch me, or maybe vice versa. Or the man say, don't, don't sleep again in this room. And now, the woman wants to come close to you, or the man wants to come close to you, you keep denying. Then a man goes to work. Maybe the man is not a Christian. He goes to work, and he has a secretary. That secretary starts talking to you, oh, boss, you look so mad this morning. What is going on? Uh, is there something you want to share? He said, no, no, it's, my, it's, it's a private family business. So, no, a problem shared is half so. Can we talk over it on lunch? Before you know it, they are going out for lunch. They start expressing themselves. Before then, things that happen. How did that happen? And access was given to the devil through anger, and now the devil is controlling things in that family. That is what the Bible says, do not angry and do not give place to the devil. Do not let the sun go down upon your anger and don't, and don't give place to the devil. So anytime you are angry for too long, like I said, you just open your Wi-Fi to the devil. And then number two, it says that, let him who steal, steal no more. Now when I say this, many of us say, many of us say I don't steal. I don't take people's things. What about the company's things that you always take without your boss knowing? Properties from your job that you just take, whether it's, whether it's markers or papers, that you go into the closet and just carry, bring to your house. How do you call that in technical language? I'm asking you, church. <laughs> How do you call it in technical language? How about your taxes? How about your taxes? When you put numbers that don't exist, you put things that you, do, you, do, you didn't work for in a year, you put claims that never existed. How do you call that in technical language? Church, how do you call that in technical language? Stealing. Stealing. Let him who steal, steal no more. How about those items at the store where you were checking out, you just scan some? At self-checkout, you just scan, scan, you put some in the basket, and you walk away in the holy manner. How do you call that? Stealing. How about driving through each of where you know you're not supposed to be there? How do you call that? Stealing. Now, when we talk about stealing, many people think that you have to go into somebody's house and take something from them. Anytime you take something you're supposed to pay for and you don't pay, it's stealing. The worst kind of stealing the Bible mentions, which is terrible, is arm robbery. The Bible calls it is not paying your tithes. It means you've stolen to the point where now you can go to heaven and put God on a surrender and say, hey, hands up, give me that money. That 10% is mine. The Bible calls it, can any man rob God? It means if you come to the point where you don't pay your tithe, you're actually stealing from God. And God says, let him who steal, steal no more. In verse 29, it says, let no corrupt word proceed from your mouth. Rather, Whenever you speak, let it edify the areas. Now, the church, in church, we may not have a problem with this because many of us have a church attitude. Once we step into the door of the church, we put on a church mask. Hey, see, <laughs> we just, but in the parking lot, let somebody drive in front of you. That's when your reserve is going to come out. Or on 495, let somebody cut you by accident. That is when who you are as a person begins to manifest. Or sometimes in the house, when you're offended by your wife, offended by your husband, or a brother has offended you, that is where who you are comes out. The curse words, the unfil the filthy words begin to proceed from your mouth. But God is saying, let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. It means that anything you say must be something that somebody can hear and not close their ears. The next thing is that same verse. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed. 
for redemption. All these things we have mentioned above are things that grieve the Holy Spirit. So anytime you lie, anytime you steal, anytime you are angry, anytime you speak filthy, you actually grieve the Holy Spirit. What that means is that if the Holy Spirit was active in your life, once you start to do those things, he goes away to a corner. And what happens is the devil now becomes in charge. He reigns over your emotions. He reigns over every decision you take. And then things start to go wrong. Ask your neighbor, how long has the devil been partying in your life? Ask your neighbor, how long has the devil been partying in your life? Ask, ask your neighbor. You're not asking neighbor. How long has the devil been having a party in your life? How long? How long? How long? Like I said, anytime you throw a party to the devil, the Holy Spirit goes away. Anytime you throw a party to the devil, the Holy Spirit goes away. In verse 31, it says, Let all bitterness, all wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away with all malice. Now, he's saying that if you are going to stop the party that you've thrown for the devil for all these years in your life, these are the things you must put away. When you put these things away, then the devil will have no place again in your life. In verse 32, he says, be kind to one another. He gives three prescriptions by which we can actually stop the party. One, kindness, treating others better than they deserve. Number two, tender-hearted, means you're soft-hearted. There's some people whose hearts are like stone. They need to have a family meeting to convince them to forgive. The aunt in North Carolina has to come. The one in New York will come. The Ohio one will come. Then they all sit together. So where, brother? Where? Before you forgive. Your heart is so strong. Tender-hearted means that you're willing to forgive. You let things go easily. They don't have to beg you and beg you and say, okay, okay, I've heard, I've heard. Tender-hearted, you're soft-hearted. And number three, say forgiving one another, even as God forgave you. The Lord prescribed these three things to help us overcome all these things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, by getting to the heart of this matter, like I said, in verse 26, who, was, who did I give verse 26? Please read verse 26. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Now, verse 26 makes it as if God is giving us the permission to be angry. It says, in your anger, which means God acknowledges that we should be angry or we can be angry. But he says, do not sin. Now, one brother, Evis, read verse 31, and here, which sounds like a contradiction. Verse, uh, 31. Now it says, let all anger, all bitterness, and malice, and clamor, and everything be put away. Now verse 26 is saying, be angry and do not sin. Then verse 31 is saying, put it away. So what, God, what is God saying? Am I supposed to be angry or not? Because it looks like above is giving me permission to be angry, but below is like, Put it away. Now, in the Greek text, these are two different kinds of anger. Verse 26 talks about an anger that in Greek is called ogizo. Ogizo is a natural disposition to be offended when something is done that you don't like. For example, you as a mother, if you pay the school fees for your child and the child went and failed, are you happy? No. You're angry. That is ogizo. The natural disposition to be offended when you see something you don't like. Even something watching even a soccer game and they win your team, you are not happy, you are angry. That is ogizo. 
This is the same kind of anger when Jesus had when he went into the temple and drove people out because he was mad. He was angry at the things that people were doing in the temple. That is ogizo. So everybody is allowed to have ogizo. If you see something you don't like, you, can, you should be angry. If I step in this church as a pastor and I see the church is messed up, I'll be angry. That is ogizo. But in verse 31, the kind of anger that is mentioned in verse 31 is not ogizo. It is what they call oge. Oge is the natural disposition to seek revenge for something done against you. Is somebody hearing me? To seek revenge. That kind of anger where it's like if you have not done something, you will not rest. I need to go to that house and tell that person a piece of my mind. The after you tell it, so now I feel like I, I'm empty myself. That is oge. That kind of anger where you are willing to give people a pain, a piece of your mind to respond, to react, is the kind of anger it says, put it away. This is what I call temporal madness. The kind of anger where maybe your wife is offended, your husband is at war, the man works in D.C., you know he's coming back at 10 o'clock, but you stand at the door at 8, you're like, you meet me this house today. Are you not mad? <laughs> you know the man come, normally comes at 10 o'clock in the night, but say, he'll come and meet me today. This is the kind of anger the Bible says, put it away. Hallelujah. Even some parents have orgasm. I saw this when growing up. Sometimes you offend your mother and she takes the nearest weapon and shoots. This is not this. This is anger. Anger that seeks to revenge. Anger that seeks to inflict injury upon somebody. God says, put that kind of anger away. Hallelujah. Put that kind of anger away. When you desire to give people pain or say something that will make them offended or you curse at people, you say evil things about people, or you bring up their past, or you say something that you know a secret that they gave you to, to, to keep. Maybe a friend has been your, for a friend for, for 20 years, now they offended you. And then you know that this is something you are going to say that will bring them down or help them. Say, get that. It wasn't that you had committed abortion 20 years ago, now you're talking to me like you're somebody. That is okay in practice. And after I say, my friend, I'm sorry, I don't know what came over me. No, what came over you is a devil. I need to put that anger away. Hallelujah. It says this kind of anger, put it away. Put it away. Put it away. There was actually a lady I was praying for. When she gets angry, anything that she has, it doesn't matter the size, the price, or the anything, she breaks it. She's, she could not get married. She's been engaged multiple times. Because of this anger, every man walks away. If she's standing here with an iPhone 10, and a man says something to her, that, Yo, what were you talking to like that? <clears throat> he will destroy that phone. Or if it's beside the TV, the TV will destroy. This is what we call orgy. And the Bible says this kind of anger, put it away. And this is what I came to say. We have to deal with that temporal madness. Because if you have this kind of anger where anytime you're offended, you have to do something. You have to act before you calm down. You have to say something before you calm down. You have to do something crazy before you calm down. It is what the Bible says, put that kind of anger away. Like I said, many parents even have this kind of anger towards their children. Like a, a mother walks into the room while the child is sleeping and pour cold water on the bed. You call that discipline. This is okay. It's not, it's not discipline. Okay. You're manifesting revenge on that child. That's why there's a difference between discipline and child abuse. Child abuse is when you beat a child to the point where the child has wounds and injury 
That is oge. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not ogizo. You're actually inflicting pain and trying to revenge what that child did to you on that child. And many of us discipline our children not out of ogizo, but out of oge. We are offended. I want to inflict that same anger, that same pain on the child. But this morning, anyone in this place who is under the influence of oge, today the Lord is setting you free. Amen. I said today the Lord is setting you free. In the name of Jesus. Like I see on Facebook where a woman sees her husband parked somewhere that she's suspecting that the man is cheating. And she takes a, 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 an iron and goes and starts scratching the car of the husband. Is that okay or gizzo? You start scratching the car. You scratch, scratch. You, you bust the, the windscreen. This man will show me today. <laughs> and after all that you reconcile, then two of you have to pay to fix that car. What is that? Temporal madness. Bible says, put that kind of anger away. Put it away. Put that kind of anger away. Now, but if we are going to deal with this anger today, we need to attack the anger from the roots. Why are people so angry? Especially in the United States. You may just say something on Facebook, like, I like Jamaica. And somebody will comment on that, why Jamaica and not Barbados? People are just so angry in this country for no reason. People are willing to attack you for anything you say that is not even their business. Like somebody, a preacher said the other day, my wife was saying that he prefers to be in Jamaica or somewhere in, in America. And people started commenting, attacking him. Why are you saying to Jamaica? I mean, they came after him just because he said something. People are angry in this country. Why do you think people take guns to shoot in public places? People are angry. Until we attack anger from the roots, we cannot deal with it. Hallelujah. The first cause, the first cause that is making people so angry is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is the seed where anger, that causes anger to grow. Unforgiveness waters anger. When you refuse to forgive, you're actually pouring fertilizer upon your anger. Your anger begins to grow. Most people operate in anger as a result of a grudge they've bought for a long time. And I say a grudge Bored for a long time will always manifest in anger. Now, somebody offended you today and you don't forgive. You may walk over that thing and even ignore it. But as that grudge begins to grow, it grows. Sometimes you may not even manifest that anger towards the person who offended you, but you manifest that anger in the future to somebody who has nothing to do with you. Take, for example, it is been proven that most ladies who were ignored or maltreated or abused by their fathers and not being very aggressive towards their husbands. Because they have that guard built up that no man will do this thing my father did to me again. Now, because they did not forgive what was done to them in the past, they make, make somebody pay for what somebody did in the past because they refuse to forgive. If you are going to overcome anger, whatever is making you angry, you have to go back to wherever you were offended and forgive. Once you forgive, You've released yourself from that anger. Like somebody said, don't let your next pay for your ex. You were in a relationship before, and a man maltreated you. You never forgave. Now you met a new man. Even though the man is nice to you, treating you like everything, because of the offense that you did not forgive in the past, you're making the new man pay for the sins of the ex. When you don't forgive, you are watering, you are pouring fertilizer, Upon your anger. The first thing is forgiveness. Why are you angry at your father? Why are you angry at your mother? 
Why are you angry at your sister? Why are you angry at your boss? Why are you angry at a friend that you've not seen for 15 years? Anytime you think about that friend, there is something that boils in your heart. Why are you still angry? You need to forgive. Because if you are going to be free from that pain, you need to forgive and let go. Hallelujah. Number two cause of the root of anger is genetic passed down. There's some families where everybody is angry. Mother is angry. Sisters are angry. All the aunts are angry. In fact, everybody in that family is a tyrant. If you attack one person, the whole family comes out to fight. I know those kind of families back in Cameroon where if you have a trouble with one sister, get ready for the whole family. They all come for you because everybody is crazy in that family. So it's, it's not something you, you desire. It's just in that family. My father was, my mother was angry. My grandfather, grandmother was an angry woman. So all of us are like that. Until you identify that root cause and deal with that genetic problem, you're going to pass that, that anger even to your children. And every now and then you are getting calls from, your, from the school. Your son just fought somebody. Your son just beat somebody. You don't know where it's coming from. It's a genetic pass down. It's not your son's fault. Something came from you. It came from your father. It came from your mother to you. And now you pass it down to your children. It's a genetic pass down. We can see this in the Bible. When God, I mean when Jacob was blessing his children. When he came to Levi. He said, curse be your anger. Because... Levi actually led his brothers to kill Shechem, the prince of Shechem, who raped Diana, their sister. And Jacob did not want that bloodshed. He cursed Levi. And most theologians trace the anger of Moses back to Levi because Levi was the forefather of Moses. So that anger continued to manifest in that generation. That is why even though Moses was a man of God, heavily anointed, he was operating in anger. He came from the mountain after being in the presence of God for 40 days, 40 nights. When he saw something he did not like, Oge, Oge came to manifest. He destroyed everything God gave him. Can you imagine? The precious thing that God gave him, he was able to destroy because he was angry. That same Moses, when he was offended by people who said they wanted water, after troubling him, God said, speak to the rock for water to come out. Because of his anger, he stroked the rock two times. And God said, because you stroke the rock two times, you will not enter the promised land. Moses did not enter the promised land because of his anger. But you can trace it back to his forefathers. Genetic problem. He runs in that lineage. Look at your mother and your father. Are they angry? Are they angry? Are they mad people? Those kind of people that, if you caught them in traffic, they can drive after you all the way to Delaware to solve the problem. They will drive until they make sure they have solved the problem, they don't come down. Genetic problem. And then the last case which we talk about today, which is important, is demonic oppression or demonic possession. Anytime somebody cannot control their anger as a Christian, it's either they oppress or they are possessed. There's a spirit that is influencing your actions and influencing your decisions. You do things that you don't understand. You do things you can't control. It's only after you've done it that you come back to your senses and regret that. Why did I do something like this? You, you cry, but the moment that thing happens again, you do the same thing over and over and over. You are either oppressed or you are either possessed. Like I was telling you about this girl, I told her that she was always breaking things. She's been in houses, destroy flat screens, destroy phones, destroy anything, fans, anything that her hand reaches, she, she destroys it. And when she came to church and was complaining, Pastor, I can't secure a man because of this anger. 
as we started praying, the demons in her began to speak. The demons in her began to scream. Until she was set free, that anger could not go away. So sometimes, you're not just angry because we like to be angry. There may be a spirit behind your anger that is fueling your emotions and causing you to act the way you're acting. Hallelujah. But this morning, as we begin to pray, as we begin to pray, everything that is influencing, whether it's genetic, whether it's unforgiveness, God is taking it away. I said God is taking it away. Your amen seems paralyzed. God is taking that anger away. In the name of Jesus. God is taking it away. People are angry in this country. Like a recent incident in Virginia Beach where a guy was fired from a department. And he went and bought a gun. Went into the place and shot his co-workers. What kind of anger do you think is that? Do you think that person is normal? Do you think it's normal for a person to be angry and decide to kill people? No. There is a spirit behind those things. Like somebody said, because I was abused or because I was this, now they feel like they have to inflict injury or pain upon people. It's not just anger. There is a spirit behind that kind of anger. Now as I'm talking about these things, you may see yourself like, well, I don't kill people, I don't do those things to people, so I'm not really angry. If you're the kind of person that is easily offended, like somebody was just opening the door by accident and they touch your toe, like, ah! from that day you look at that person as if they're devils. You don't greet them again anymore. You see them in the parking lot, you close your, you turn your head away, you have a problem. You have a problem. Or the kind of person where you have a small misunderstanding with your sister or your husband or your wife, it can take you three days to reconcile. You have to calm down. Calm down like you're on a high speed. Calm down. Calm down before you can be back. You have a problem. Bible says, do not let the sun go down upon your anger. Now, when we talk about deliverance, like I said in the beginning, it's not just about devils. There are habits that we need to be delivered from. There are character traits we need to be delivered from because God wants us to be who he has called us to be. He wants us to be the best we can ever be. So anything in our lives that is disturbing or hindering God from using us to the fullness of our potentials, God wants to take that thing away. Is somebody hearing me this morning? God wants to take that thing away. So like I said this morning, if you are here this morning and you feel that like you have a problem with anger, you're easily offended, you've done things that you regret, you act in a way that you don't like, God wants to set you free this morning. I say, God wants to set you free this morning. Amen. Can you stand on your feet? Can God wants to set you free this morning? If you are blessed by this word, as you stand on your feet, begin to talk to the Lord. 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 God is setting you free. God is setting you free.